Good evening, New Hope Community Church and friends. How's everybody doing tonight? If we can make our way back to our seats so we can praise the Lord tonight. Before we start tonight, we're going to open up in prayer. But I ask that you guys just pray specially for our, uh, for our team. Uh, Chris's dad is in the hospital. That's why Evan isn't here today. So he had to go and tend to Chris at the hospital because her dad may or may not make it. So if we can pray for that, uh, we'll also like you to pray for our team uh, to just, just allow us to just start being open to the Lord, you know, to just, uh, to just, so that we can pour out more to you guys and not get tired and not grow weary so that we can pour out and get more to you guys. It's a lot that we do this every single, single, single week and it tires us out a lot. But I just ask that you guys pray for us as a team, as a family, that we can have the grace so that we can continue doing what we're doing as a team and a family. So if you guys can stand up tonight, and I'm going to open us up in prayer because I believe, I believe our God is the king of all healers, and I know that he's the way maker, and I know if we pray and we give him what we have, that he will make a way and through every central situation, every trial, every tribulation. So I, I, I firmly believe in that, and I hope you guys do too. So dear Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, I thank you for tonight, Father. And Father, I just ask you right now to allow us to clear our minds, Father. Father, let us see and let us know that we're nothing without you, Lord. So Father, if you can come and fill us up right now, Lord. Some of us may be tired. Some of us may be weary. 
some of some of us may be going through some type of pain. Some of us be going through some. Some of us may be going through some type of trouble in 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 our week and in our life, and just something's going on, some type of situation, Father. But I know that you are the healer and that you're the way maker. So, Father, I ask that you come into that situation that maybe one of us are going through, Lord. Father, I ask that you just continue to be with us as a team and as a family, Father, as we continue to just pursue you and pursue your word, Lord. Father, let us know that 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 you give us the strength and you give us the power to push and move forward. And Father, we are nothing without you. Our talents are zero without you, Lord. Nothing. So, Father, as we get ready to step into worship with this church and with this family, Father, I ask you to allow us to just empty ourselves and let us realize that you are the truth, you are the way, you are the light, and that you shine light over any darkness and you will make a path as long as we believe and we put our trust and our faith in you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. amen. Not to work. Can we worship Him? Can we?
Jesus. Jesus is calling us tonight to a deeper place. It's the name that is above every name. The only name under heaven whereby men can be saved. A name that is higher than any power or principality, any government leader, any business leader. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's here with us tonight. Lord, we thank you for this holy moment. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that dwells within us. Lord, we thank you that you did the work that we could never do. You lived the life that we could never live. You died the death and took the penalty that we should have had to pay for. Lord, but we thank you that today we are free. Lord, we thank you that we get to be your hands and feet in this broken world. Lord, I pray as a church body that we would not hold back. That we would follow you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Give all praise to you, all honor to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated maybe seated worship team amazing as always great songs we're going to take our offering tonight ushers if you want to make your way forward Malachi 3:10 bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that there will be not enough room for you to receive it. And I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land. Now, when we when it comes to offering, when it comes to money, when it comes to provision, it's an area of our life that we need to exercise our faith. Oh, by the way, the kids can head out to their classes if they haven't already. Sorry about that. Um, money is a place where we need to exercise our faith just like any other area. And as much as giving is for the church, right, for the ministry of the church, giving is actually also for you. What does the Lord say? He says, bring the tithes in so that there's going to be food in my house. So bring your tithes in so that we have provision in the church. But then he says, test me and see if I will not pour out the windows of heaven, rebuke the devourer for your sake. And when you give, it's a step of faith because I have to believe that, okay, I'm going to give and I'm believing in the word of God 
that he says he's going to open up the windows of heaven, that he's going to pour out a blessing, that he's going to multiply everything I give. And it's the same way, you know, if, if you're sitting with somebody and they start walking with a limp or they're sick and, and you reach out and you're thinking in your head, all right, well, the Bible says we lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, that we should pray for people. But what if I put my hands on them and pray for them and I don't get healed? Right, you have to exercise your faith so that they're going to get healed. It's in the same way that we exercise our faith to believe that God is a good father, that he will provide for us, that he can take our money and he can multiply it. And I would rather have 90% blessed than 100% cursed, amen? And so we take some of what he gives. He gives seed to the sower. We take it, we give it. He multiplies it back to us. We take that, we give it, and pretty soon we're in a cycle of blessing, of sowing and reaping that we don't have to worry about what the next bank is going to fail or if America is going to be the cryptocurrency, right? Because our source is the Lord. Amen? Amen. Lord, thank you, for, uh, thank you for everything that you've done, your provision uh, in my life, your provision in the people's lives uh, here in this church, I, I pray that you would bless uh, the hands that give, Lord, that you would bless, that you would multiply um, everything that's given according to your word, that, we would, that, that you would rebuke the devourer for their sake. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As we uh, kind of go around, um, just wanted to remind you that uh, tonight we do have a Movie night coming, or I'm sorry, tomorrow night, Saturday night, we do have a movie night. It's a fundraiser for uh, the missions trip. Um, as some of you guys, uh, Trey talked about in the beginning, um, you know, Chris had messaged us and her dad, you know, isn't doing well. He is on hospice. So, you know, I asked Evan, are we still going to do the movie night? He still wants to go ahead with it. So, um, they're going to be showing the case for Christ. It's $10. Um, good time helps uh, get the ball rolling for the missions trip in California. So other than that, thank you guys for coming out tonight. I know that you guys will be blessed because you put yourself in a blessable place. You know, they did a study a while ago, and they talked, that, they talked about that you had longer life expectancy for people who went to church more than one time a week. So if you just go on Sunday, you know, you're gonna just have the, the life expectancy of everybody else. If you come on Friday and Sunday, guess what? You'll live longer, according to the study. So, and you know, and, and I, like, um, I like when I speak to a group on Friday night, um, because even though you know, obviously our Sunday gathering is much larger. Generally what happens on Friday night, the people who come are more hungry. You know, they're more hungry for the things of God. They're willing to say, no, you know what? Sunday's not enough for me. I need to come Friday too. And so um, I'm believing that, uh, that you guys are gonna be blessed, that God is gonna do uh, big things tonight uh, for you and in you. And of course, we're still in our series called Ghost Stories, right? Not that we sit around and tell ghost stories. I'm not going to put a flashlight in my face and get the room dark, right? It's just a, 
we're talking about the Holy Ghost. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about God. And uh, I think that um, a lot of times um, the Holy Spirit kind of like is like, we think of him as like kind of like third place. Like he's the lesser, right? But, but he's just as much God as the Father and the Son. Amen? And um, really it's, you know, Christianity in the New Testament is lived through the power of the Holy Spirit. So um, if you have your Bibles, we're going to start in John chapter 7, 37 through 39. And I won't keep you guys long tonight, just until I get done. If you guys haven't noticed, I mean, my watches are just for looks. Like, so just telling you guys that now. <laughs> John chapter 37 through 39, 737 through 39, a little, little tongue-tied today. The Bible says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So the message uh, title that I have for tonight is the river of life. The river of life. And I, and I believe that you guys are going to jump right into the river. Amen? One person's excited. We'll get there. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. Lord, I pray that you would anoint me to preach and teach your word. Lord, I pray that you would give the people uh, ears to hear and hearts to receive. Lord, I, I pray that, um, that we would know you more tonight. And Lord, I pray that, uh, that every one of us that uh, that, that we have the, these remnants, these strongholds, these beliefs, these things that religion, maybe it's the way we grew up. Lord, I, I just pray that you would just demolish, break every stronghold, break everything that stands in opposition to us being closer to you. Lord, I pray that that would be broken, and I pray that all of us would surrender uh, tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. So as you read that passage, it talks about the last day, the great day of the feast. That would have been, at that time, that would have been the feast of tabernacles. And so um, in the feast of tabernacles, um, there was one thing that, uh, you know, it was kind of a great celebration. And, you know, there were three feasts that essentially that uh, Jews who were in different nations, they would come and celebrate in Jerusalem and the Feast of Tabernacles was one of those, uh, one of those feasts. And one of the things they would do is they did something called the water ceremony. And, and what it symbolized is it, it kind of symbolized um, when Moses spoke to the rock and water coming out of the rock. And they would have uh, the high priest, and he had this really ornate gold pitcher, and they would go to a place called the Pool of Siloam, and they would put water in it, and, and he would march, and he would have all the, 
you know, different uh, priests around him, and he would hold it up, and they had this pitcher of water, and what they would do is they would pour it down the steps, and people would watch it kind of go down the steps. And people believed that it was at that very moment, so you have all this, you know, all this kind of pageantry and all these things happening, you kind of have this high moment, and right at that moment, right, everybody's quiet, they're anticipating this moment, and right as they poured, all of a sudden, that's when Jesus stands up. If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. I mean, it must have made quite a scene to see, you know, Jesus stand up during that time and, and must have kind of made half the people very angry and maybe half the people were like, wow, this is who we've been waiting for. Now, the Feast of Tabernacles, it, it, it kind of signifies that time when uh, the Jewish people were traveling in the desert, when they were journeying in the desert through the wilderness, and they were living in tents, and God gave Moses instructions to build a tent where his presence would be, and basically, they would, the, God had a tabernacle. He had a tent like they were dwelling in the wilderness and God was there with his people in his own tent and they would kind of camp out around him and they were guided by um, a, a, a cloud of uh, a pillar of a cloud by day a pillar of fire by night and when that uh, when the cloud would would come and it would lift and they would pack everything up and they would start following the cloud and then when they would stop they would camp out they would set up their tents, right? God had his tent. He was tabernacling with his people. And then, of course, at this time, they would have been, uh, they had the temple built. So it was, you know, believed that at that time that the very presence of God dwelt in the temple. So God was still dwelling with his people. He dwelled with them first um, in a tabernacle, then dwelt with them in the temple, and now Jesus comes in a whole new way. So God is really with mankind, right? God became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So he was actually tabernacling with humankind and he was greater than the temple, right? It says that in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead. So as great as the temple was, there was one greater than the temple by the name of Jesus who was with this people. And Jesus called his body his temple. He said that you destroy this temple and I'll raise it up in three days. And they thought that he meant the bricks and mortar temple, but he was really talking about his body. You, you destroy this temple, I'll raise it back up in three days. And, and Jesus is speaking here prophetically. He's, he's speaking, uh, and the reason we know he's speaking prophetically is because of the very last verse where it says the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus wasn't glorified, right? He wasn't, he hadn't went to the cross yet. So he was speaking of the Spirit 
John says, but, but he was speaking of a, a future time, and the time that he was speaking of was the time of today where anybody who's thirsty for God, anyone who comes, right, whosoever will believe on him, whoever's thirsty, that, that there's a river that would flow from heaven, and you and I would be the tabernacles or the temples of the Holy Spirit. That's where we're at today. And, and if you think about it, like, if I, if I tell you to think about, like, you know, what, what does God the Father look like? You know, there's these pictures. The Bible talks about the ancient of days. And, you know, you're probably picturing in your mind, like, you know, somebody seated on a throne with a big great. You know, you got a picture in your mind of what God the Father looks like. It's probably not right, but you can picture it. You can picture, uh, you know, you can picture God the Father. And then, obviously, like God the Son, there's been you know, countless amounts of paintings and pictures. Like, like if I say, what does Jesus look like? You know, there's a picture in your mind of what Jesus looks like. It's probably wrong too, but, but you have a picture. When you think of these things, you think of, you can almost picture a body, but then when it comes to the Holy Spirit, it's like, okay, well, what does the Holy Spirit look like? You know, the Holy Spirit is a person, the Holy Spirit's God, but... You know, you, you can picture the Father, you can picture the Son. But you, you know, when you think of the Holy Spirit, what do you, okay, you know, dove, fire, right? You, you, don't, you don't really have a picture. And that's because God, the Holy Spirit, decided to uh, make his body yours. That your body, it, it would be yours, amen. That's why you can't picture, if you want to picture what the Holy Spirit's body looks like, look in the mirror if you're saved. Because the Bible says that you and I are temples of the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of us. That's what the Word of God. So this Feast of Tabernacles, in, in a sense, uh, there, there's a sense of fulfillment that, that God is tabernacling with His people in His people, right? Jesus said, you'll know the Holy Spirit because He's with you, but He will be in you. Now we know there's a, a complete fulfillment of the Feast of Tabernacles, you know, at the very end of things when heaven comes to earth and God is finally with his people. But in a sense, that Feast of Tabernacles has kind of been a steady evolution. Um, but the, the principle was always the same. God always wanted to dwell with his people. That's the way that he always wanted it. And we know that um, no man can call Jesus Lord unless there's a drawing of the Holy Spirit. And we know that no one can call themselves a Christian unless they have the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that you can't even see the kingdom of God unless you've been born again, unless you've been born of uh, the Spirit. And so um, every Christian, every person that is truly a Christian, that is truly saved, has the Holy Spirit. But as a born-again believer, you need to learn how to walk in a fullness of the Spirit. That's something that needs to be learned. So even though you have the Holy Spirit, you need to be led, you need to be able to follow, you need to be able to submit your life to the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's just like when you're born, 
you're born with legs, right? I mean, you know, uh, um, you know, if you're a healthy human, you, you've, you've been born, you come out with legs. So within those legs is a potential to crawl, a potential to walk, a potential to run, a potential to jump, potential to squat down. But yet you don't, you don't come out of the womb knowing how to use your legs. You have legs, but you got to learn how to walk on those legs. There's a process that you have to go through. So is a process of walking in the Spirit. See, we may possess the Holy Spirit, but the goal is to allow the Holy Spirit to possess us. See, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He doesn't force you to submit your life to Him. He's not going to make you. But it is when we are led by the, the Spirit of God that we become sons of God. And when we are fully submitted to the leading of the Holy Spirit, then we become the the manifest sons of God that the fallen world is crying out for. When we allow him to control us. Remember that the, the, the Passion Translation says it like this, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. When, when we can be truly led by the Spirit, when we can hear the voice of the Spirit and we obey the voice of the Spirit and, and we say, Holy Spirit, lead me wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Trusting in the fact that he has a, a, a plan and a purpose for us, when we do that, then we can walk in the fullness of who God truly called us to be. I mean, Jesus said this. He said, the same works that I do, you will do, even greater works you will do. And, and if you're not seeing a fullness of that happening in your life, I mean, I, I, I've seen miracles in my life. Lots of miracles, but I wouldn't say that I'm seeing greater works than Jesus did. I haven't raised somebody from the dead yet. Please nobody die. I don't want to try it tonight, right? I, but, you know, if, if you read something in the Bible and you're not getting the results that it says you should have, The problem isn't with the Word of God. The problem is is that there's some part of our life that is out of alignment with the way that God called us to live. And when we can get into alignment with what the Word of God says, then we can begin to see the kingdom of heaven manifested on earth. Amen? And so, like, some people are just totally satisfied with a surface relationship with God. They're totally satisfied with, you know, uh, coming to church twice a month, punching in, punching out, you know, maybe getting their fish bumper sticker on their car. And that's, and that they're good. It's like, cool. I just, you know, I, I want, I want a surface relate, you know, they're just say, Hey, I, I'm just good. I'm good with a surface relationship. You know, I'm good with just, you know, the basic fire insurance, you know, but I think that we want more than just fire insurance. I'm not satisfied with just a surface relationship with God. I want to go to the deep places. I want to experience the deep mysteries, the deep things of God. And I think that a lot of people here on Friday night want that, that same thing. And 
Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as a river, right? He said, rivers of living water will flow from your heart. Another translation, King James says, rivers of living water will flow out of your belly. It, it was all about flowing from your innermost being. That's the seat of the Holy Spirit, that these rivers of living water would flow out. And John says he was speaking of the Spirit. And just as uh, much as we uh, need to learn to walk in the Spirit, there's one passage um, in the Old Testament that talks about a river that is flowing out of a temple. And the curious thing about this is this temple has never been built. Um, it's in Ezekiel 47. If, if you have your Bible, that's where we're going to camp out for the rest of our time together. Uh, Ezekiel 47. And because this temple has never been built, we can kind of come to like two conclusions. One conclusion is this will be the dimensions of the third temple that will be built. Other people think that this is the temple that will be built during the millennial reign of Christ. That it's an, uh, an actual, there'll be a temple that's built to these exact uh, measurements. Other people believe that it's a uh, prophetic picture of a believer's walk. That, that in a sense it was a prophetic picture of the same thing that Jesus was talking about back in John 7, 37 through 39. And there's a third option that they both might be true. And sometimes in Scripture, there's a double meaning. There's a far and near prophecy, testimony, and sometimes they both can be true. But I want to focus on the second aspect, that this is a picture of the flow of the Holy Spirit. Because one of the things you'll notice is that um, as, as the water comes out of the temple, it gets deeper, it doesn't get more shallow. And, you know, generally the way that water works is it's deeper from the source and then it gets shallower the farther you get away. So there's a lot of reasons to think that this is a prophetic picture, but um, we're going to look at it as a believer's walk and we're going to talk about going deeper with the Holy Spirit. So um, if you're there, say amen. You guys are good, all found Ezekiel and stuff. Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 1. It says, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple. And there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate, and he led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. So the water, the water from this river, one of the things that I noticed right off the jump was that this water is flowing from the right-hand side. The Bible says Jesus is seated by the right hand of the Father, and Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. So 
um, it, it's this water's flowing from the right hand side. And the other thing is that this river is flowing east. Now, the Bible also teaches us that when Adam and Eve left the Garden of Eden, they departed to the east. So this river of life is, is really flowing to the cursed place. And, and, and just what that speaks to me is that you got to understand that God never gave up on man. Even after man sinned, right, it talks about that, that, that God would show up and walk with Adam and Eve during the cool of the day. And guess what? Even after they sinned, God showed up for the walk. They were hiding. God wasn't hiding. God came. God came. Where are you? He knew they sinned, but he still showed up. And you see the plan of God again and again, just pursuing after man, pursuing after the one he loves. And now we see this river of life flowing east. Why? Because the river of life, or the river of blessing is flowing into the cursed place. Verse Three, it says, when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my ankles. So if this river is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, we see that the first stop is ankle deep. So people actually get into the water, they get in ankle deep, and right, this is the minimum level that you could be in. Like if you ever go to the beach and you sit on the side of the beach, you go in the water, right? You're just, you're kind of like ankle deep, you know? Some people are, are, are totally happy there. And some people, you know, they're, they're in church, they're, they're saved, they're ankle deep, but they, they really don't have a deep relationship with the Holy Spirit. They, they pretty much live the way that they always have. Their life hasn't been greatly changed by um, their Christianity. And, and basically what they do is they, they, they kind of see like coming to church and they kind of see the Holy Spirit as, as, as like a refuge. So they kind of go out and they just live the way that they've, they've always lived and life is hard and they get their butt kicked and they do stupid stuff and they make mistakes and their whole life is in a bunch of chaos and then they come running out of the hot sand back into the water and they're like ah man that feels good that feels good and and they're in church and they're in the presence of god and you know tears are coming down and oh this feels so good this feels so good and then they get back out of the water and they kind of go back into their life and they just start walking on the hot sand all once again. And it's just like, ah. And, and here they're just, they're back in, ah. So it's just their Holy Spirit is kind of the comforter for them, the refuge. It's, it's the one that, that, that they run to, but they're not really allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and direct their life because they're just, they're just, ankle, they're just ankle deep. And basically, they, the, the Holy Spirit's their comforter when the whole, if they really would be led by the Holy Spirit, then that would keep them from getting into the problems that they always got into. So if they would just walk into the water, 
and then keep walking into the water and walk in the direction of God and say, I want to go deeper with God. I want to go deeper into the things of the Spirit. Then they wouldn't have to worry about running off the hot, sandy beach. They would just stay in the cool water of the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, once you're ankle deep, you know, that's an all right place to start, but you don't want to run back to the sand. You want to kind of run back into the deeper waters and say, no, I want to go deeper in the things of God. I like the way this feels. I want to, I want to feel this way all the time. I don't want to live this life where I go and get beat up and then I come back into church and get healed up. Then I go get beat up. Then I get, no, I want to live victory to victory. I want to live glory to glory. I want to live faith to faith. I want to live life and I want to live it more abundantly. Amen. That's the place that, that I want to be. And so we're, we're standing in the water. And the next place we're going to go, I want you to see that, you know, it, it's a walk. And, and, and God allows you. He doesn't just throw you into the deep waters. He allows you to, to enter into yourself. It's up to you to begin walking and, and keep walking and keep pushing into the things of God. Verse 4 it says, again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my knees. So now I've made the decision that, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to keep going back there just so I can cool off. I'm going to go farther. I'm going to go farther into the river. But now I'm knee-deep. And, you know, when you're knee-deep, you know, you've, you've made a solid decision, and and maybe this is, you've gotten this place where, okay, you know what, I'm not, it's not just about going to church on Sunday. Now I'm at least, you know, I'm, I'm reading my Bible. I'm beginning to pray. Maybe I'm attending like a Bible study, a midweek service. I kind of made this decision that, you know, I want to go deeper in the things of God. And now because you're knee deep, you can begin to feel the power and the pull of the river. It's beginning to push you in a certain direction and, and you can kind of feel it, but you got to make that decision to keep going a little bit deeper. In the same verse, it says, again, he measured 1,000 and he brought me through and the water came up to my waist. Now, once you go waist deep, that's a place of true commitment. Do you ever go out in the ocean, cold ocean, or a cold lake, go somewhere like Lake Erie, you know, in the beginning of summer, and the water's like ice cold, and you're hot, but you go in the water, and you're walking, and you get in your feet, and you're like, oh, that's freezing, you know? You walk a little bit up, you know, to your knees, and the water's kind of hitting like right here. Man, you got to make that decision like, okay, am I going to go deeper? Because this is going to involve a little bit of paint, right? Because once you go above waist deep, that's when it kind of hits you. You're like, oh, okay, right? But, you know, going... Going way steep can involve some pain because this is really the place you say where I want to go forward with the things of God. And the pain involved can be letting go of the things of this world. There may be people in your life that you need to get away from. There may be things that you need to stop doing. 
their behaviors that you, you start sacrificing and say, you know what, I'm going to put this thing away so I can pick up the things of God. You know, it, it's a place of commitment and it's a place of a, a little bit of pain, but, and it may involve a little bit of a wilderness season for you. But, you know, anything that you lose, it's just pruning. You know, pruning isn't to destroy a plant. Pruning is so that you can bear more fruit. Pruning is about cutting off the dead stuff so that you can bring more life to the plant. And in the same way, when we decide we have to make that certain commitment that, you know, I'm going all into this thing. And that means that, you know, there's some things that I'm going to stay away from. There's some people I'm going to stay away from. There's some things that I'm going to quit doing. And it might involve some pain, but you know what? I'm going to go in and you take that deep breath and you just go in. And you go in to be waist deep. And at waist deep, you're heading in the right direction. And at this point, you know, there's really no turning back. It's just time to go full bear, full bore. But once you cross into that waist deep area, things begin to get a lot easier. Things begin to get a heck of a lot easier. Verse 5 says, again, he measured 1,000. And it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. He said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. See, at this point, I've entered a whole different thing. Because now I'm not waist deep, I'm all the way in. I can't stand up at this point. As a matter of fact, I can't even walk at this point. I have to swim. And I have to swim with the current. I'm fully in, I'm fully immersed. The waters of the Holy Spirit, the river now begins to carry me. The Spirit begins to lift me. My path is directed by the current of the river. It takes, I'm not carrying the weight of my body or the weight of my life anymore because it's not up to me anymore. It's up to God. I'm just swimming in the current of the river. See, th this isn't about just having the Holy Spirit, right? I have the Holy Spirit when I'm saved, but now it's different because I'm fully immersed. I'm fully covered by the water. I'm, I don't just have the Spirit. I'm covered by the Spirit. I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. And just having the Spirit and being baptized in the Holy Spirit are two separate events. I can take a drink of water. I'll take a drink of water right now just to demonstrate. See, I can take a drink of water. And guess what? That water is inside of me. But if I go and I jump in that baptismal tank, then I'm immersed in the water. I'm baptized in the water. See, there's a difference. See, when, when you get saved, you get the Holy Spirit inside of you, the spirit of regeneration. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for service here on earth. It's a baptism of power. It's saying, I want to be fully immersed. I want to be fully in. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and fire. There, there's a place where Jesus talks about, uh, where, where he's talking to a woman 
who's at the well. And a lot of you guys know it. It's, it's a couple chapters back in John. It's, it's in John chapter 4, and, and we won't go there. But, but he begins engaging this woman at the well and begins talking to her. And, and, and he, asked, he asked her to get him a drink. And, and she kind of goes back and forth in this conversation about, well, why are you asking me to get a drink? And, and this and that. And he said, you know, I, I have water that if you drink of it, then you won't thirst anymore. And he says, there's this water that will spring up a well inside of you of everlasting life. That's being born again. You have the Holy Spirit. But now here at the Feast of Tabernacles, he's talking about anyone who comes to me and drink, then out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. See, one is for you, one is for service out in the world. The disciples before Jesus ascended to be with the Father, they were sitting in a room. I think it's John 20, verse 22. When they were sitting in there, Jesus was resurrected. He had not ascended yet, but he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. They were born again at that point. They received the Holy Spirit. That was a picture of when God created man from the earth and, and blew in him. And it says he became a living soul. It was the same way. Jesus breathed on them. They were born again. But then he said, don't go yet. Wait in Jerusalem. Wait there. Pray. You'll receive the promise of the Father. You'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're going to receive power. The Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. And you're going to be my witnesses in Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth one is prepares you for heaven one prepares you for service on earth one makes you born again one gives you power verse 7 says when i returned there along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other then he said to me this water flows towards the eastern region goes down into the valley and enters the sea when it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the rivers go, will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there, for they will be healed. And everything will live where the river goes. It shall be that fishermen will stand by it from Engedi to Engelim, and they will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kinds of fish of the great sea, exceedingly many, many, but its swamps and marshes will not be healed, and they will be given over to salt. Along the bank of the river, on this side and that, will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither, and their fruit will not fail. They will bear every fruit, they, they will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves will be for medicine. Let me try to break some of these verses down. Uh, the river was flowing out of the temple, was flowing from the right side of the temple to the east, and it was flowing into a sea that we call the Dead Sea. And the reason they call it the Dead Sea is because everything's dead in it. Fish can't live in it. Nothing, it it's salt content is way too high for anything to 
live in it. It has no outlet. It has nowhere to flow. And so the salt content just builds up and it's very thick and heavy water. And basically everything is in it is dead. It's sort of a, a dead place. But this river flows, right? That This river of the Holy Spirit flows. And what happens is it flows into dead places and brings them back to life. The river brings life to, to dead places. It's places that are dead. Now the Holy Spirit comes and these things become alive. And, and now there becomes life into this entire sea. And it says that fishermen will come from all over. And, and there wasn't even any fish there, much less to even picture fishermen being there. Now it talks about this area will be very prosperous. Why? Because the river is flowing into a dead place. And everywhere that the river flows, it shall bring life. And now fish will live there now. And the fishermen will catch huge amount of fish and and this picture of this river flowing into the dead sea is a picture of the holy spirit flowing and bringing life to every dead place and every cursed place and every broken place and every diseased place and every dying place the holy spirit comes like a flood and fills it and everywhere the river flows it brings life Jesus said that I came that you might have life and you might have life more abundantly. And just as that river flowed from that side of the temple, guess what? You and I are temples of the Holy Spirit. Bible says, know ye not that you are the, holy, the, the temples of the Holy Spirit? That literally in this house, in this tabernacle, in this place is where God's Holy Spirit dwells. And when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, then those rivers flow out of us, right? We're filled with the Spirit to a place called overflow. So these rivers of life flow out of you and I. Not only do we receive life, but everywhere we go. The life comes out of us. Rivers flow. When we walk into a room, all of a sudden, the environment should change. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying this to, you know, to kind of, uh, you know, brag on me. I mean, it, it's all glory to God. But, you know, I, I, was, I was talking to the borough manager, and as of this year, I started giving the invocation for the Ambridge Borough Council meeting. And, you know, it's like a real, if you're ever there, I mean, it's literally like a one-minute prayer. You know, it's not like I'm there doing a service or anything. Like, it's a pretty mild prayer, and I just, you know, and I kind of pray. And and then I sit down, and I just kind of watch the show. You know, I kind of just sit down and watch the, you know, watch watch the circus unfold. But, um, you know, the... The borough manager said to me, he said, you know, he said, just since you've been showing up, he said, he said, I can't explain it. He said, the meetings have just been different. He said, the people just act different when you come and you sit in the front row. It's not me, but there's a presence that's inside of me. And there's a presence that is inside of you that when you go, when you're, when you're filled with in this place of overflow that wherever you go, all of a sudden it should change the temperature of whatever's going on in the room. 
You're like, when you walk in that, those rooms, you're like a thermostat, right? You set the temperature. You know, you're not a thermometer. It's not like, okay, I walk in, everybody's angry, so I'm going to be angry too. No, I, when I walk in that room and everybody's all angry and hot-headed, the whole room should change and people should start to be peaceful. And things should begin to calm down. Why? Because if I'm thirsty for the things of God and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, that same Spirit is in me and rivers of life are flowing out of my innermost being. There's rivers of peace flowing out of me. There's rivers of salvation flowing out of me. There's rivers of joy flowing out of me. There's rivers of healing flowing out of me. There's rivers of deliverance flowing out of me. And we will go and we will restore the waste places like the Bible said. We will be the restorers of the breach. We will be the repairers of the ruined cities. The, the places that one generation destroyed and ran into the ground. We will rebuild because we are anointed for such a time as this we have been appointed for such a time as this and everywhere that the river flows people will live could I get an amen this morning or tonight whatever it is listen there's a river of the Holy Spirit don't be happy just waiting in the shallow don't be happy just waiting in the shallow there is a river. There is a river. Don't, don't just stand and be ankle deep. Make that commitment to go deeper and go deeper and go deeper because when you go deeper and you can swim, that's where the power is. It, it's, 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 it's a hard life standing and living with, with one foot in the world and, and, and one foot in the kingdom because it's kind of just like this. You may as well get... You may as well get either cold or hot, but I recommend you get hot, right? There's no sense in being lukewarm. Go forward. Either you believe it or you don't. E either you believe in what this Bible teaches or you don't. And if you do, go all in. And when you make that decision to go all in, guess what? The river will begin to flow. You jump in the river, and not only will the river begin to flow into you, the river will flow out from you. There's a river, and it flows from deep within. There is a fountain that frees the soul from sin. Come to this water. There is a vast supply. There is a river that shall never run dry. I've got a river of life flowing out from me. It makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. It started flowing from a hill called Calvary. It opens up prison doors and sets captives free. I got a river of life that is flowing out from me. If we could just all bow our heads. I would just ask you to just ask God to show you where you're at in your walk. Are you ankle deep? Are you knee deep? Have you made that plunge to go waist deep? Are you ready to swim? Sometimes when we jump, when we fully jump into that current, 
can kind of be scary because we're like, I, I don't have control anymore. I don't, the current's just taking me. And I, I want to have control. I, I want my control back. It's where your faith has to come in. And you have to believe that God has a better plan for your life than you can plan. And that God can do exceedingly abundantly more than you can dream of or imagine. The greatest things that you can ever dream of or ever want for your life or the things that you think will bring you the most satisfaction, God says he can do even more than you could ever dream of or imagine. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know as far as uh, as far as worship did we send everybody over with the youth group or do we know we don't know it's all good okay it's all good it's all good if we could all just stand to our feet I just want to if you just want a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit I just want you to just lift your hands to heaven. I, I, we're in a time that, that I've never seen. We're in a time where God is moving in a much powerful, powerful way. And for those of you who are hungry, if you're thirsty, Jesus said, Any, anyone who thirsts, let him come to me and, and, and the rivers of living water will flow out of his innermost being. You got to be thirsty and you got to be hungry. You got to say, Lord, I want more. I want to have more. I want to see more. If there's anything that you want me to have, I'll have it. I don't care how it looks. I don't care how it sounds. I don't care what other people think. I only care what you think. Heavenly Father, I, I just pray. I just pray that in the name of Jesus, I just pray that you would send the fire right now, right now in Jesus' name. I just pray that you would just fill, fill this room. I pray that you would fill people to overflow. I pray that you would just fill, fill to overflow. Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that you would just fill, just a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would just fill right now, just fill right now with the Holy Spirit. Just a new anointing, new fire, new levels. New levels, fresh wine, fresh wine in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I just pray for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Fresh fire in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just say, the, say these words. If, if you want to believe it, just make this faith declaration. Say, by faith, I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that if you believe that you receive in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 We 
thank you, Lord. We give you honor and glory, Lord. We thank you that you're taking us to new places, deeper places with you. And we praise you. I just want to pray a blessing on you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. I send you out with all the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all powers of the devil. And may the blessing and favor of our Lord Jesus Christ rest upon you and your house until we meet again. May God bless you. Have a wonderful night. These altars are open if you would like prayer. Thank you guys for coming out. Come back Sunday morning, 1030 for the main event. We'll be happy to see you then.
So you catch me when I fall, right? And you hear me when I call crying. And you fix me when I'm broke, right? And that's all I need to know. So the storm is gonna break, right? And the sun is gonna start shining. And everything is gonna go right. And that's all I need to know. What if you know something I don't? What if you will something I won't? If you don't give me what I want, but you give me what I need, is that enough to believe, 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 believe in your love? Will I still believe, 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 believe in your love? So nothing's ever going wrong, right? And every day I'm gonna be smiling Turn my water into good wine And let the good times roll But what if you know something I don't? What if you will something I won't? If you don't give me what I want But you give me what I need Is that enough to What you can do for me do i love do i love do i love you what you can do for me sometimes i don't know but all i wanna do Trust in God. 
And crash to the ground One thing's for certain You're my constant, my truth Without you, Jesus Don't know how I'd get through Your love keeps calling me home When life is out of control You've been so faithful and true
So long. 